Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome to another week. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to you as well. I don't welcome you enough. You welcome me all the time and right back at you. I'm Apparently nicer than you. You are much nicer than me. It's taken me 125 <laughs> episodes or so yeah. to figure it out. The next 125 are mine. Okay. Um, we have a listener question this week. Yeah. Yeah. And this comes from Linda. Linda, I'll read your question. She says, currently I am 47 and I've been maxing out my retirement accounts. I believe that I am in good position for when I retire with the amount I have and the amount it will grow in the next 15 years. Mm. My question is, is it foolish to now build up in a non-retirement account instead of continuing to pour money into the retirement account. I realize I'd be giving up tax benefits, but right now I have very little flexibility for the next 13 years. 95% of my net worth is either in retirement accounts or my house. Mm. I do have an emergency fund for six months in cash. Yeah, I'm thinking since my retirement funds are in good shape that I should start building some assets slash brokerage accounts outside of retirement in case I want to retire early or work part-time or want slash need money for any reason before I'm 59. Mm. What are your thoughts on if there's a point that you should stop worrying about retirement accounts and their tax benefits and building for the years before retiring? Well, great this question. is a great question that could really lead to just a case study in retirement planning mm-hmm. on how do you approach these magical years of retirement when we have retirement accounts to plan for and use, yeah. but we realize there's more sometimes than just that magical ending line of retirement itself. Right. And the flexibility of being able to do some of that. So thank you for your question, Linda. Let's, let's explore it. Where would you start in looking at this? Cause I I know we both have a lot of thoughts and trying to become a nicer person like you, Scott, I'm going to ball on your court say, where do you want to (laughs) start? Oh man. Well, you know, you, you really do want to start with the end in mind. So I would want to know from Linda, what, what would an, what would be what would an ideal life look like for her sooner rather than later? Um, if she didn't have to go to work mm-hmm. in her current capacity, is that what she would want to do? What would she want to do with her time? What would life look like? Because if we can understand what her version of a good life looks like, of a great life looks like, then we can look at where her money is on her balance sheet, which she already said ninety five percent is in her home or in her retirement accounts. Um, and then she has a, a good, a little, she has an emergency fund. So she has some liquid funds, but then we could start to look at, well, how do we build this balance sheet for you to be as resilient as possible to live the life that you want as soon as possible? Yeah. And I think that's exactly what she's getting at in her question. Um, and there are, we'll talk through some of the things that she could or could do potentially, um, to have access to retirement accounts earlier than she thinks. Cause I think a lot of us think we can't do anything with retirement accounts until, you know, especially if you talk to a lot of advisors until you take your required minimum distribution, cause you're going to let it grow as, as tax deferred as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So age 72 now, 
Um, but there's a lot of time between 72 and 47. Um, mm-hmm. So we need to, the, the goal would be to solve for um, what do you want life to look like? And then let's look at how we should optimize your balance sheet. Balance sheet just being your assets minus your liabilities, right? Um, trying to, I always want to speak in plain English around here. Um, but just to help you live the, the best you can. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like Linda has already thought this through really well and understands the trade-off. The, yeah. the trade-off is tax benefits or flexibility. What, what do I value more at this point? And this is where, like you're talking about understanding what the desired outcome is. Yep. What is your best version of your life look like? That's where you want to start. Because if, if we were to have a conversation with Linda and she said, oh, I love my job and I want to keep doing this as long as I possibly can. And I have tremendous job security. I don't think see anything happening. Well, then maybe you do keep using the tax benefits of retirement accounts. There's, there's not necessarily a problem with that because after age 59 and a half, all that money becomes available and there is no longer any penalty for taking it. Or if you're employed age 55. Yeah. Or if you leave after 55 and you're employed um, and you pull from the 401k that you're most recently employed from. If instead Linda were to say, no, I, I do want to work part-time or have the option at least of early retirement or take a large sabbatical or a sabbatical or have a large expenditure or have some kind of cash need that's more than just my salary can provide. Well, that's where the the concept that she's talking about makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because any funds in a brokerage account, there's no limit to how much you can invest there. And that money is always available. Now you do pay taxes on the growth on it, but there's no penalty for taking that money out before retirement age like there is in yep. IRAs and 401ks. Yep. I just want to add two things there because they just came to me as you were saying it. One is... Um, Obviously, you can always look at like, hey, I want to pay as little taxes as possible. So I'm just going to put everything pre-tax and drive down my income. Um, but when you actually go invest your after-tax money in a taxable account, it doesn't have to be tax inefficient. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. we can choose to go invest in things and not sell them for a year. So we get long-term capital gains. We can choose what types of funds we own in that account relative to what we own in our IRA account to operate a more optimal strategy for all assets. Yep. There are things you can be doing. You just want to be looking at, do I want to have the ability to have access to these funds easily, really liquid before I'm age 55? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just investing outside of a retirement account. I like what you're saying. It's you do have some control over when you realize taxes on that. Mm-hmm. It's not like all of a sudden this is making you pay a whole lot of extra taxes yeah. if you're managing it efficiently. Um, I want to talk about a few things. Let, let's talk about the the benefits of that. Call it bridge account, non-retirement account, whatever it is. That account that you would have to access before age 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. Let's say that Linda does that. There are some things that even if you do that, I would keep doing I want to walk through those and then we can talk about or continue on with the question. But sure. let's say that you do this and you say, you know what, let's let's forego some of the tax benefits, maybe decrease the retirement contributions, increase the non-retirement account contributions. I would still look to do things like the 401k up to the match. If you're getting any type of a match, that's just a 100% rate of return on your money where even if you just pulled that out because you want to go retire early, yeah. even after the penalty and taxes, you're still coming out ahead. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, no reason not to do that. Mm-hmm. Even Roth IRAs as a retirement account, I would probably, and again, we don't know Linda's specific situation or a lot of other details, but I would probably consider still maxing that out depending on income and whatever that looks like. Because inside of a Roth IRA, any money that you contribute to it, that principle is always accessible. Mm -hmm. It's just the growth on that money that you can't access until age 59 and a half. 
The one exception there is if you're doing backdoor Roth contributions, that is technically a conversion and conversions each have their own five-year window. So you couldn't touch that money for five years. Right. But if it's just a regular contribution, then I would probably keep doing that knowing that that money is still liquid. Um, and other points to consider, Scott, you just mentioned this, but as you're looking, Linda's saying she's 47 and talking about working until say 60 or 59 to have access to these funds. Mm-hmm. Like we said, at age 55, so eight years from now, Linda, any money that's in your 401k actually becomes accessible where you can access that without penalty as long as you work at this company up until 55 and then leave from there. Right. It's not like you can retire at 54, wait until 55, and then pull assets from there. You have to work at that company through 55 to make that happen. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Yeah, it's got to wait there. Now you can roll in other outside of 401ks to that 401k. Yeah. And then just stay with that company through 55. But once you're there, it's accessible. And then even just another nuanced detail of if you do stop working before age 59 and a half and say, I really need to access money. There's something called a 72T distribution where you can take what are called substantially equal payments. And you take those for at least five years or until you reach 59 and a half. There's some details around that, but there are still ways of accessing funds from what are typically seen as kind of illiquid or inaccessible accounts, even if you do something like an early retirement. And to be more specific, the 72T, what what you're getting around is you're getting around the penalty for taking money from an IRA account before 59 and a half, but you have to choose to take it for at least five years or until you reach age 59 and a half. Right. Um, just to so just a point of clarity. The other thing is for as what as far as what you would keep doing for what you're saying, I, I'm at fully in agreement with getting the matches and looking to see if a Roth makes sense or if you can do backdoor Roths. Hopefully, we'll still get to keep those. Fingers crossed. Congress is doing some tax planning. Uh, right. Our tax <laughs> writing some tax. You're doing any right tax now. planning. Uh, we'll tax see what plan crushing. We'll be doing tax planning <laughs> as soon as we have something concrete for clients. Um, but the other thing is the other thing to note there is if you have a health savings account through work, um, another great way to continue doing um, deferred savings, and that also would have mm. you that you can easily go tap in any given year um, yep. if you had if you kept track of your spending previously, your medical expenses, but you didn't take it from the HSA in the past. Yeah, so that's another thing to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, good point. I, w- I would add that right along up with these other considerations. Um, what are your thoughts, though, in general, as you're looking at this? I know that you're a big fan of flexibility and resilience is something that you'll you'll mention a lot in terms of what's how do we have an adaptable plan that can work in all circumstances? Yep, that's the cool thing about planning, right? Is that there's no perfect solution. But what I will say is- It doesn't looking, sound cool. Yeah. I want the well, perfect it, solution. It, I want to say that it's a per, it, it is, the nice thing about it is that, it, yeah, yeah, I like to do it, is that it, there, there is no perfect solution, but there's what's right for you. And you do really have to, fe- it, it, part of it is feeling on what's going to drive to get you where you want to go as quickly as possible. And it's about making a plan that you can stick with, mm-hmm. right? And to this point, you've done a great job building up retirement assets. It sounds like Linda has, but now you're at a point where you're asking, well, what if I want to make a change sooner? What if I want to fund that bridge between um, you know, retiring and taking these funds out? What if I really want to make it so those retirement funds are available for when I'm 72 and I'm maxing out Social Security and I want to create the, the funds to be available in the interim? Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably going to be some mix of the assets that exist already and you might want to build up some funds. And when I look at this and I see 95% of net worth is in retirement accounts, which I would call qualified accounts, meaning there's tax rules around them and it's in real estate. Those are two less liquid places than just having taxable money. Mm-hmm. 
So if your desire really is to have more flexibility in your life, I absolutely understand why you would want to be building a taxable investment account. Yeah. Because it'll create freedom for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to, you know, Linda has an emergency fund, like she says, but it's nice to have that taxable account there, which is almost like your emergency fund 2.0 if things really go south, but it's also like your freedom fund if you want to not just have a backup in case things go south, but have the freedom to do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. before some specific age the IRS forces us to wait until to, to access some of these funds. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's it's not really for Linda's point specifically, but the more and more I think about what our future is going to look like for most of us who are in our 40s, 30s, we're probably not going to be retiring at the traditional 65 and just setting off into the sunset for the next 30, 40 plus years because we're getting such a long period of time to be around now Mm -hmm. that there's probably going to be some purpose in our lives. And the number one place we get purpose from is work. Mm -hmm. Like really, when you, when you actually go look at the studies of where people find the most um, happiness from, it's actually not hanging out with our families on vacation. Mm. It's from being fulfilled in the work that we do. So I think part of it is what does a great life look like to Linda? What does the next phase look like and how do you want to build it? Yeah. And if we look at your financial resources as a tool to help build that, then having multiple tools, it sounds like the 401ks and Roth IRAs, those types of accounts are there, but adding that non-retirement account or increasing that non-retirement account just gives more options, more tools to be able to create that, Yeah, which I think we both agree That's with. the other thing I would add is that you know if someone comes to us for planning uh, and, they own, and you only have one type of account, you only have retirement accounts, you're actually, you're kind of restricted in what you can do than if you have a retirement account, you have Roth IRA accounts, and you have a taxable account. Now, basically, no matter what the US government throws at us from tax planning changes, when they want to change whatever the tax rules are, we probably have a way to build an optimal solution. Yeah. But if we only have one one uh, one tool at our disposal, one type of account, it makes it more difficult. Yeah. And I, the nice thing I like about, you'll hear people call it like a bridge fund. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the account I have that I can live on before 59 and a half if I choose early retirement? It's just a non-retirement account or brokerage account or whatever you want to call it. But if you do want to retire early, well, then wonderful. You've got funds there that you can use to live on mm-hmm. before your IRAs and 401ks become accessible. Let's assume that you keep working though. And maybe you do work until 60, 62, 65. Well, the beautiful thing about that is that non-retirement account, that just sets you up for so much good tax planning when you do retire. Because what it allows you to do is is when you do actually retire, say it's age 62, if you can live mostly off of that uh, non-retirement account, that keeps your income very low Mm -hmm. because a lot of that is money you've already paid taxes on. Mm -hmm. Well, when your income's really low, it opens up the door for you to start doing Roth conversions. So can you start converting parts of your 401k or your IRA into your Roth IRA at that point so that you can convert up to certain thresholds? And then when you're later on in retirement in your 70s and those required distributions are starting, it's not as painful at that point because your 401k has been growing for so many years that's all pre-taxed. Those could be huge required distributions. Whereas if you're able to convert sometime in your 60s or really just before retirement, having those funds outside of your IRA and Roth IRA give you almost like dry powder to live on while you implement some of those Roth conversions, which can be extremely beneficial. Mm-hmm. Another, and that, that, you know, that's the kind of the, the in my mind, it's like the, that's like the textbook version of how it works. 
Um, and another way that it can work as well is if you have a taxable account that's available to you, you can utilize it for some of the funds that you need to get you to yeah. maybe your retirement age. And then you can utilize, you know, it's, it's amazing what happens when you run financial planning software and you just say, you know, if, 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 uh, if, if my man James here was, was, you know, let's say he's 60 and he, he wanted to go to 67, but now he just really wants to be done. Uh, well, if I could go and he makes, you know, I don't know, some in, you know, salary around 150 K a year or something like that just makes up, make up a number, but he only lives off of 60, you know, but we're saving all the tech. If I can just say, well, Hey James, if you can go make enough to just live life for the next seven years, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Well, now you just created a ton of freedom for yourself too. Yeah. Right. So like, there's so many different ways to do this. It's really just about finding the right solution for you. And what I'm getting at there for you listeners at home is you're just allowing the funds that exist for retirement to keep growing and not utilize them further enough, far enough down the line that when you do fully need them, they're more than available for you. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I, you know, obviously, Linda, we don't know your specific situation, but this is really an excellent question. And I think that both Scott and I would agree that at least seriously considering investing outside of a retirement account could make a lot of sense, given mm-hmm. some of the things you shared with us of wanting flexibility, of maybe wanting to retire early or at least work part-time. Those are the exact types of things you might want to have that non-retirement account for. And it really just is a great supplement to some of the other things that sounds like you're already really doing well. And just for more more listeners anyway, when you think about like, at least the way I think about where we're headed is that most of us are probably going to end up having more than one career. Most of us might choose to go back and retrain ourselves at some point in the future. Like, I think that this, there's going to be more and more stories that we're hearing about this becoming not so much the outlier, but more the case in time. And if that's the case, having funds ready and available that are taxable that you can go tap without having a huge issue is going to be really helpful. Yeah, definitely. I fully agree. Well, anything else you'd add to this? No. Thank you for your question. Yes, we always thank you, Linda. Them. Um, if you found this to be helpful, please leave a review. We want to help other people. Um, we do not do this podcast to make money. We do this podcast to educate people at large about financial planning so that everyone can make better choices for themselves. Yes. Tell friends, tell family. Thank you for all of you that have told us you're telling friends and family. We really appreciate that. And we love when you all send comments in, even if they're not questions. It's fun to hear from you and thank you for your questions. So unless you have anything else, I think that's it for today. Until next week. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.